Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. Feels like a Monday, but it's actually Tuesday. Wolf, what's going on? How you doing, Luke? Good. Did you uh, did you get your book ones over the weekend? As a matter of fact, I did not get uh, my book ones over the weekend okay. right there. The cool gray, though. I love the cool gray. Did you see the cool gray show? Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, it's, it's very nice. Good. You're going to have to love them from afar because I have yet to find anybody who got them. I'm not even sure Devin Booker got them. Okay. Uh, Are you going to get them, though? Well, that is the question. Right you can't there. get Are them you now. going to get them? You can't. That's the, that's the answer to your question. Well, you can't. You can eventually at some point in time. If I go, like, buy them off the secondary market, is that what you're saying? I'm not going to do that. They were they were sold out in less than one minute. <laughs> okay, I guess what I'm saying is um, they're going to make more, correct? They're going to make different colors. Yeah. yeah. I think there's one coming Are out. Are we sure? that all of the colorways are going to be released. I, from what I was reading, and I don't want to be spreading misinformation <laughs> over here, so maybe I should just turn off the mic. Nope. Turn it, but keep it on. I, I've only seen stuff about the Mirage ones that were released on Saturday. Yeah. And then the baby blue ones. Like, the orange ones were already released to a select 500 people. Yeah. For some reason, we weren't <laughs> on that list. There's one coming out in April. I think the black ones are coming out in April. Where yeah. have you heard that? I don't remember where I heard that, but okay. it was reputable. I'm pretty sure the black. Ones I, are I guess out. what I'm saying though, they're going to continue to make more, right? They're going I mean, to make more. Of course, they're going to make more. Not, I would guess, not the exact ones. Yeah, I don't right? think they're going to make the yeah. gray ones that you like. Okay, they're not going to make the gray ones that I like. I'm talking about book and shoe book. Yes, one. they're making they're more. Continue shoes. to yes. make more. I'm correct? guessing. Yeah, but yeah. I think there's. There's like dark blue ones coming out too, or slate. I don't know what color slate is. Yes. So there's some coming. So don't the, the long and short of this wolf is don't worry. You'll still have opportunities to get them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, listen, I'm not. But a you've big missed out on the guy. mirage. I know that right now. I'm not a big sneaker guy. Just am not, ladies and gentlemen. I, I like the flat boots. That's what I walk around in half the year. The flat boots. But then, of course, we all know May comes. When May comes, uh, the boots go. <laughs> you just done walking oh, we're around. Almost in done. Yeah, you're just done walking around in flat boots. Then what? When it's 100, it's 100, no, it's 100 <laughs> degrees out there. Are you kidding me? The pavement. Now it's time to go to the Boomers. <laughs> See, I like this. These are the great things about Wolf. It's already planned out, man. Oh, man. You don't have to wait yeah. in line for a shoe drop. Nope. You've got your shoes from what? November to May? Listen, and your I shoes am a tr- from June to October. <laughs> you know what? I am a creature of habit, Basinonians. I am. This right. is what I do right here. And honestly, it's kind of like May. May 1? Hey, it's short pants season. <laughs> it's time to put the short pants on in May. Regardless of what the, Regardless, uh, the weather is. Who cares? Uh, all right. Well, the All Star game. <laughs> I call it that happened uh, over the weekend. Devin Booker got to play. Kevin Durant got to play. That was cool. Um, that was the highlight of the game was that they were in it. <laughs> Not, and, I'm, and I'm sure, look, if you're a Bucks fan, the highlight of the game was that Damian Lillard and Giannis were in it. If you're a fan of a team, the highlight was that your player or players was in it. But the game itself, we can get into that later on. But uh, only 396 <laughs> points this year. Is that what it was? 397 points? Uh, I have no idea what it was right there. I can tell you right now. Um, it was 104.89 in the first quarter? In the, no, no. Oh. The first half, it was 104-89, <laughs> the East at the half base, an audience, which tells you everything to know, everything you needed to know about this game. And it also made me reach for the remote. 
when it was 104 to 89. Yeah. Um, you probably weren't the only one. I think Adam Silver wished he had a remote, too. We'll, we'll get into all that. But the other part of the All-Star game happening in All-Star weekend being done is there are 27 games left for the Phoenix Suns to ramp this up for the playoffs. Now, you could argue they have ramped things up over the last basically two months now, ever since mm-hmm. the Christmas Day game against uh, Dallas. They have one of the best records in basketball. So they have been ramping it up. But can they ramp it up more over the next 27 games? Uh, here's Devin Booker Sunday night talking about the upcoming stretch. Yeah, it's go time. You know, it's time to turn it up a little bit and you know, just compete at the highest level. Like you said, remain to stay healthy. And you, know, you just want to peak at the right time. You want to play the, the right basketball. Uh, and just keep getting better and keep getting better before the playoffs. Man, I love that right there. That's right, Buck. That's what it is. That is what it is. Just keep getting better. Keep getting better. How do you get better? How do the Phoenix Suns get better? For me, it's on the defensive end of the floor. That's what I want to see them do. I want to see them get better on the defensive end of the floor. How does that happen? You become more intent, more intentional. You become more physical. You become tougher. That's what you do. You gel. And this is what I think the Phoenix Suns need to do in the last 27 games. Uh, here's Kevin Durant talking about the second half. Yeah, good test for us. They got, they've been playing well lately. And uh, they got some new additions to their team, which is uh, going challenge So it's a great game to start the second half of the season with. He's talking specifically about Dallas. That's where the Suns will begin this this second stretch. It's, it's weird. Every sport, or I mean, hockey does this too, and even baseball kind of does it. It's like you want to say second half, right? Because it's supposed to be like the half, but they're 55 games into an 82-game season, so it's yeah. not really the second half. Uh, here's here's more from KD on the difficult overall schedule that is there in front of the Suns. No, we don't have, we don't really necessarily talk about the strength of schedule. Um, we respect every team regardless, and we try to focus on us as much as possible each night. Um, so it's just about building our habits, getting better at what we already established, and um Pushing forward, and you know, I think this playing against some of the teams that's going to be there at the end of the season is going to be a great test before we head to the playoffs. It's about us. That's what KD just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't he? It's about us and and what we're doing right now. We respect all teams that are out there. It's it's great to say that. It really is. Now they've got to go out and they got to play like that. They've got to do it. That's what I mean by being more intentional. By being more intense, space and audience, it's going out with a plan and saying, no, you know what? I, I don't care who it is that we're playing. This game is about us. We've got all the talent we need to beat every team on our, our schedule. We've got all the talent we need. We need more toughness. We need to come together as a team. It's about how we play. I love that attitude. 20 of their final 27 games are against... Play teams that are currently in playoff or play-in spots, and thirteen of those twenty are against some of the best teams in basketball. Yep. Um, the seven that aren't against teams currently in playoff or play-in spots, three of of the next five games are against Houston. That's three of your seven right there. There there really aren't easy quote easy games left. You've got three against Houston, who hasn't been bad this year, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Two against San Antonio, who hasn't been good at all, but they've <laughs> beat the Suns twice already this right. year. And then you've got one against Charlotte mixed in there, and one against Toronto mixed in there, and everything else is two against Boston, two against Denver, two against Oklahoma City, one against Milwaukee, one against Philly, a couple against Cleveland. Like, this is 
we're we're going to find out a lot about this team in the very short period between now and when the playoffs start. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Luke, do you think the big three right now, uh, do, do you think the big three is is the main focal point over the last 27 games? Or is it something else? Is it the entire team starting to gel around what we've seen from the big three in the last 26 See, games? That's what I think it is, is the rest of the... It's the big three in the sense of make sure they're all healthy, good to go, going into the playoffs. Yeah. But I feel like what was missing last year when they added Durant was, okay, he kind of acclimated. I remember the series against Denver where Booker's going off, and Katie wasn't shooting extremely efficiently, but he was he was still putting up his, his points. And you know, But then everybody around them was kind of like, okay, now what do we do? Because they got KD, that was such a big addition, then he missed time. Now it's like, okay, you've got your big three. To your point, we kind of know what they can do. Can they get better? Yeah, they can get better. I'm sure yeah. they will. But it's probably more about the rest of the team around them maximizing what they can do. Yes, I, I agree with that right now. Um, So much. It's time to gel. There's no doubt about that. It's time to come together. But I don't really focus on the big three. I think the big three have learned um, over the last 26 games, and I know they didn't play in all 26 of those games, but I think the big three over that sample size, I, I think they came to some type of understanding as to how they were going to play together. And I think the last 27 games, they can gel, of course, over that, and hopefully they're going to remain healthy for the most part right now. I'll take what's happened in the last 26 games and how much better the Suns have gotten over the course of the last 26 games. And if you tell me that's what they're going to do over the final 27 games going into the postseason, I'll take that right now. Sold in terms of the big three gelling and everyone else coming around them. Isn't that right, Royce O'Neal? We're going to see some of these teams that are ahead of the Suns in the standings, whether it's in the East or the West. We're going to see a couple drop. Like They, they peaked too early, and they're going to drop and start to go the wrong direction. The goal, and the Suns know this firsthand, especially Devin Booker, having seen it in the past, is to really start to peak now, like start to really move right. up that ramp. Uh, all right, we come back over to football. If the Cardinals cannot get Marvin Harrison Jr., what do you want to see them do? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. All right. New mock draft out here. We had we were going to talk about the draft here anyway. Wolf, yeah. Ben, Ben, Daniel Jeremiah put out mock draft 2.0 for Daniel Jeremiah, and he has New England taking Marvin Harrison Jr. leaving the Cardinals at number four without the the sort of no brainer everybody says they should take, but he's not there. Right. Down. So is that what you would do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying right now, listen, I, I, I totally trust Monty Austin for it. This is, this is the place that I find myself in based on earnings right now. And I realize he's only had one draft, but I think he's got the clearest, he's got the clearest vision that I have seen in regard to a general manager and what it is he wants. Doesn't mean it's going to work based on It doesn't. But his vision is what I love too. The way he's looking for certain football players, this is this is the way I would do it. If I were a general manager, I'd have a clear-cut person in mind. Don't care what position he plays. Wide receiver, corner, holder on extra, extra point and field goal. I don't care about that. 
I want a human being who's built this way. I think Monty Ossenford has that. And that's that's what's got me excited. Doesn't mean it's going to work. It just means that I, I, I would do it the way he's doing it right now. How that's going to impact the Arizona Cardinals going forward, I do not know. But to me... I would expect them to trade out of there if Marvin Harrison is gone. I, I think the more I look at this stuff, and I, I randomly got here earlier than usual today, so I was just sitting, I was just reading all the scouting reports on Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze in particular and some of these other receivers. And, I mean, I've watched all these guys play, but I'm not a scout, right? Yeah. So, like this draft, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0 just came out like an hour ago. He has the Cardinals at four. Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, so he has them taking Malik Neighbors at four. Yeah. Now, Malik Neighbors, based on just kind of everything I saw this past season, is like he, he could end up being amazing. He absolutely could. But my impression of him, Wolf, is like you're, you're like, let's say you lose Hollywood Brown in the offseason yeah. and you bring in Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Aren't you ultimately hoping that, like, Malik Neighbors is a speedster. He's not small. He's six foot. But he's small compared to Odunze and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Aren't you kind of hoping he just becomes, like, a, maybe a better, more consistent Hollywood Brown anyway? Yeah. Like, if, I, if, I'm, if that's going to be my net gain, I would like to trade down and get him at, like, 10 or 12 or something. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, once again, when it comes to raw talent, Malik Neighbors might be the most talented wide receiver in this draft. Might be. It's in the eye of the beholder. There are guys out there that believe it. Not not the majority, but there are guys out there that believe Malik Neighbors might be the most talented of the three, the top three guys yeah. that you mentioned yeah. right here. But I think overall, when it comes to stature, when it comes to size, when it comes to everything you can consider about a human being, body, soul, and spirit, I'll take Marvin Harrison Jr. first, and then Roma Dunze. He's number two, and then Malik Neighbors. And you, are That's you, just the are way you saying I got him. Specifically in, in for the Cardinals? Are you saying specifically for the Cardinals or just in general? I, I'm. What do you mean specifically for the Cardinals? Well, because like for me, when I look at it, I look at Malik Neighbors, I'm like, this guy could end up having the best career out of any of these guys. But yeah. like, for the Cardinals, I want a big receiver. Yes, you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. And I also believe Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in this draft. Yeah. I think he might be the best football player in this draft. A lot I of people feel that love, way. absolutely love the way he's been. Build base and audience. I'm talking about not physically. I'm talking about mentally. I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually, and soulfully. That's what I'm talking about. I love how this kid is built, how he's made. I mean, Marvin Harrison, his father, um, I'll take him sold in a New York minute if you tell me that his son has the same characteristics, which everybody does, by the way. You tell me his son has the same characteristics as Marvin Harrison sold. It, it it seems pretty unanimous that he does. I'm just trying to look through and see what these other. Do you see what happened to my computer over here, Wolf? I'm trying to look at the and all of a sudden there's just a video of Cliff Kingsbury has taken over my computer. It's okay, like, <laughs> like what's going on? So Cliff broke the internet, basically. Yeah, saying? he just has it, it's some pop up of him talking about the Commanders, which is not what I was looking the commanders. for. Commanders. Um, he has a Dunze going ninth. In this draft, like I said, he has Marvin Harrison Jr. See, going third. <laughs> See, that is it right there. If you're telling me Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, you tell me that somebody takes him at number three, Daniel Jeremiah. Now, all of a sudden, uh, I think we're going to see a repeat of the Paris Johnson deal. The Paris Johnson Jr. Maybe trading back, collecting picks, and then trading back up and maybe taking a Roma Dunze 
at number nine. I wouldn't hate that. So, um, just really quickly, though, to play devil's advocate, do you think the Cardinals should explore moving up to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? No. That's interesting. No. Why? Because we got draft picks right now. We got draft picks, and we need those draft picks. And this could be, this could be a still point draft in the Cardinal organization's history. If in fact they go out there and they what not six in the first ninety one uh-huh. is that correct yeah. six in the first ninety one, those six picks based on what we've seen from Monty Asenfort right now, man, I like that. This could be this could be a moment. Once again, we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens and their strategy. Their strategy is give me draft picks, give me picks. We it increases our chances, our odds of actually hitting on players. By having a lot of picks. I love that. You see, I can see both points of view on this because I like that that Baltimore mentality of let's stockpile picks. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we have 10 and somebody else has five, if we hit on the same percentage, we're coming out of it with two or three more players than they are. Uh, but I do think there's something to, to Aaron's scenario right there, though, too. You need a couple, like, just true stars on this team. And Marvin Harrison Jr., I think, would be one of those. Ideally, he's just there at four. If not, I, I would say this, even if you're not going to trade up, like let's say he's gone at three and this scenario plays out. The best case for me at that point would be to trade down, maybe get a couple more picks so you could trade up if you needed to next year if something like that happened. Whatever, just give yourself options. But I do kind of think they need to come out of it with one of these three receivers, if at all possible. If there's a way to drop down to nine in this case and take Romo Dunze, or you know, we saw the mock the other day, um, the Chad Reuter one where he had a bunch of trades where they traded down to 12 and got Malik Nagers. Yeah. I'm just going through the rest of of, uh, of Jeremiah's mock in terms of receivers. He has Brian Thomas also out of LSU going to Houston at 23. Uh, he has Troy Franklin going to Kansas City at 32 from Oregon and Adonai Mitchell uh, from Texas going to Tampa at 26. So he's got six receivers in the first round. There you go right there. Once again, this this first round, this draft coming up, man, so rich in wide receivers and offensive tackles, offensive linemen. That's good for the Cardinals. It's a good time to need wide receivers and offensive linemen. Uh, if you subscribe to the Wolf and Luke Show podcast, subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You will never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. All right, when we come back, you need to be worried at all about the state of the Arizona Diamondbacks and the situation with Chase Field. We're going to ask their president. D-backs president and CEO Derek Hollis is going to join us next. Clear some stuff up. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Cactus League play. First spring training game for the Diamondbacks is Friday, Wolf. Yeah, The other benefit of going all the way to the World Series. (laughs) We don't have to wait much as far as an offseason. D-backs president and CEO Derek Hall is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Derek, thanks for the time. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Doing great. How about you? (laughs) Doing well, D. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Absolutely. Good to talk to you, Wolf. All right, Derek, uh, we have to start. We, obviously, we all want to start with baseball. We have to start with the stadium stuff just because it, it got brought up again yesterday. Um, what? Luke, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if oh you're just now goodness. hearing about this. <laughs> Prepare yourself, D-Hall. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to well, kind of let you start it out. No, you bet. No, I think, um, you know, yesterday I could see why it would become a, a headline, obviously, and it did, but... Uh, <laughs> If, if you look at the comments that Ken made, and I'm standing right there next to him, 
Um, I, what he did was he obviously went to there are cities that have an interest in teams because those rumors are out there, not about us, but just about teams or cities that are trying to lure teams or want to be an expansion city and they're ready to go and they're getting legislative support and all that. He went there so he could say, we're not talking to them. We're not engaged with them. We want to be here. So, you know, we have no plans of going anywhere. And, and we've had this discussion in the past, the three of us, but we are just trying hard to get everything settled with uh, any, you know, municipalities that will work with us so we can stay at Chase. We want to invest significant amounts of dollars in that ballpark. We love being downtown. We don't want to be anywhere else. The clock has been ticking for quite some time. So the frustration that was stated or expressed is more so just about the timing. You know, we've been at this a long time and we haven't gotten to finality. So we're just looking for answers so that we can get the shovel in ground and make sure we can schedule it out because it's going to take phases of, say, three to four years because of the off-season events we have, the concerts, the bowl games, and, and we need to make sure we do it in a very non-disruptive way when we can finally begin. Yeah, this to me is is one of the biggest question marks that I have. You know, I, I'm so bad at logistics, D. You know this about me. I mean, A to yeah. B is good, but, man, if I got to get to Z, I'm in trouble. And it, that, that, yeah, it, it's, it, it is tough, and, it, and it's a math problem, Wolf. You're exactly right. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at, when you look at the other cities that are very similar to us, our counterparts that are trying to do the same thing, they're getting a lot of support and, and we're not asking for what those, those other teams and cities are asking for, but we're seeing, you know, $500 million in, in places right. and 400, we're not asking for anything like that. We're willing to say, and we're saying we'll put in more than you will, if you want to partner with us, if it's County, if it's city, if it's state or all three, um, we're just looking for partnership and, and just a little bit of help. But, uh, but we're, you know, we're ready to go, and we're ready to push our sleeves up and get going on this renovation. Chase Field is one of the oldest ballparks now. It's hard to believe, as we've talked about in the past. But it is in dire need when you compare to the other ballparks that are state-of-the-art, not only inside but also outside. There's so much activity now, and it's not just a standalone stadium. You look for developments around so people can come and enjoy before and after games, whether it's restaurants or retail or bars, hotels. All of that's important. And, and we're again, we're considering all of that, but we really need to get going. When you talk about um, Chase Field reimagined, what do you see, Dave? Like what, what kind of well, first of all, there's there's a lot that has to be done under the hood. And so, you know, probably half of the investment, if we're looking at four to five hundred million dollars, easily half of it is just infrastructure needs that most people would never even see. Yeah. And, you know, with it being so old and, and we've got we've got leaks, we've got pipe issues, we you know, we want to address the HVAC, we got to fix the roof. So all of that is one thing. But we're still investing money. Like this year, this off season we have the new LED lights that are awesome that we just put in for this upcoming season. A brand new sound system that sounds electric. It's great. Um, but but then you for the reimagine, what can we do for every fan at every level? How can we take the playground upstairs and redo that for, for, for the kids? How can we take the club experience that isn't there right now and create that? You go to new ballparks. Like I, I think about the Braves who did such a nice job with their development at the battery and their ballpark, but fans who have all-inclusive. If you you know, own a company and you want to host people, you can just give them the ticket and you don't have to worry about them spending money because they go down to this great club, the Delta club that is beautiful. And you go down and eat before the game or during the game, but we just don't have a lot of those VIP areas or, or experiences that, that we do need to create. Um, you know, look at capacity. We don't want to really take, take capacity down, but it might be the result of taking out sections and putting in much larger, more comfortable seats. That's, that's just what we need. So we've got lots of ideas. We've been working with different architects over the years 
And some of that's going to change. So we're still going to go and visit other ballparks and see what we like and how we could bring that in as part of the reimagine just to make it top state of the art, top of the line ballpark because it deserves to be. We're talking to Derek Hall. Derek, this I know is going to sound like the sports guy saying this, but this all kind of seems like a no-brainer. And maybe this is an ignorant question or a basic question, but in your mind, what's the holdup then? I mean, this it, everything you're saying and have been saying makes a lot of sense with this team. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the, what the holdup is, and I will say this. And, and I said it yesterday, Luke. This, the, the public officials that we've spoken to, have been really engaged. And obviously everyone we talk to says, we don't want you to go anywhere. So I think it's just a matter of, of coming together. I think all of us sitting down, not just us with the county or us with the city or us with the state, but all, all of us together, I think, to, to find a solution. And, and I think we can get there. But everyone I talk to is engaged. They, they're very complimentary. They don't want us to go anywhere. They love Chase Field. Uh, so I totally agree with you. But, um, you know, e- even like the city, remember, we're county owned. And the county is limited in, in what resources right. they have. So that's part of it too, Luke. But the city, you know, has been great. They've been so engaged. The city manager, Jeff Barton, has been unbelievable. Um, you know, anytime I call, he picks up the phone. Anytime we need to have a meeting, he, he's here. Uh, so, you know, I can't, I can't say enough positive about the interactions that we've, we've had with the city, whether it's city council members, the mayor, the, the, the city manager. So I, I think the desire to find a solution is there. I just don't think everybody's on the same page with the urgency because they're also looking at a lease thinking, well, you still have three or four years on your lease, but you know, that's an issue when you have to get going with, with that work and you want to make sure you're, you're still going to be there, which is our intention. Yeah. D speaking of solutions right here, um, is there a TV package on the horizon? Are, are you working for this? Bring us up to speed on this. <laughs> that's, D. that's another big issue. Well, yeah, I know, um, buddy. I know. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, that's a great question. So of course we were victims of bankruptcy last year, middle of the season. They pulled the plug on us being diamond and Valley. Uh, major league baseball did a great job picking it up right from there and making sure that our fans had somewhere to watch us. So if we, if we, if we have to, or if there's no other solution or option, MLB is a great landing spot again. And then everybody would know exactly where to find us on that platform like they did last year. But we are talking to, to others. We're weighing all of our options. And one of them, you know, is, is over the air because we're seeing the success that the other teams here in, in the city are having with people being able to watch, you know, free TV. So we're, we're talking to them. Is there a solution there? Is there a solution with a hybrid of some sort? Uh, but I think with the clock ticking to your point, we'll, we, we probably have to have an answer this week, maybe next week, and and, wow. and then start to communicate that to our fans and say, here's where you can watch us all year long. But the answer to, will they be able to watch us? Will there be a solution run? Absolutely, there will be. Yeah. Talking to Derek Hall. Derek, I'm going to ask you a baseball question before we let you go, so this is it. Um, and I've got like a million <laughs> I want to ask you. But this offseason, I mean, you guys have added depth. You've added to the rotation. Man. Do you sense a different buzz around your team and this city now going into spring training? I definitely do. Yeah, great question. And, and yesterday being there for the first workout and being in the clubhouse for the first meeting and seeing the, the really the hunger and the confidence in our, in our guys' eyes. But for us to be able to address some of the holes we had, like third base and go out and trade for Suarez, who, you know, power hitting right-handed hitter, um, who's a great clubhouse guy, for us to retain Lourdes Gurriel, for us to go out and get Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, one of the, he was one of the top free agent pitchers out there, starting pitchers, and he wanted to come here and turned down less money elsewhere so, or more money elsewhere to come here. So he did. Um, you know, I, I, I look at the DH position when we brought in Jock Peterson because we did become so right-handed heavy. And then going out because he mashes right-handers, obviously, but it, if you have to face a lefty, now you go out and get Gritchick too. 
that doesn't even address, as you said, Luke, the depth, right? So we have so much depth. We have so many guys who have either come up and contributed over the last two seasons or are going to be ready to at AAA, especially when it comes to our starting pitching, who these youngsters look really good so far in camp, and they've been out here a while. Uh, I'm excited. I know I am. We're better this year on paper right now than we were a year ago, yes. and and that was a magical year. And remember, there were times we were all biting our nail, you know, just just going crazy. Like, wait, we went from 16 games over 500, the best record in base in the league, even better than the Braves at one point, to two games below, and we're all hitting our heads against the wall. Go, man, we may not even make the playoffs. We back in there, and everything just happened. It was so much fun. But that's the kind of thing when we first made the playoffs long-windedly here i'm sorry guys but when we first made the playoffs i thought okay we're going to milwaukee we're going to play the brewers boy it's going to be tough right we got to face peralta and burns that's tough but it's great experience for these young guys well you go in there and you sweep them i'm like wow okay maybe they have a little confidence before we play the dodgers who own us let's get them a little more experience there we go in we sweep those guys then you go to philly where everybody says you don't have a chance especially to have to win six and seven and they did so I think you guys will see it. But when you walk through that clubhouse, they just have this swagger that I've wanted them to have. And, and I'll, I'll finish with this. You know, as I addressed them, I said, look, for the last two seasons, all my counterparts have said to me at owners meetings, we hate playing your guys. They are so good, so fast, so athletic. I said, so we hear that. The other thing I hear from all our fans is, man, I love watching your team. They're so much yep. fun. I said, when was the last time we were hated by other teams and loved by our fans because we're fun to watch, right? Continue yes. to be hated by your opponents and continue to make it fun for our fans to watch. And and that's what you feel. Dude, thank you so much, man, for all the years you, of being you a got class it. act you guys. and being transparent, man. You soon. All right. Okay. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, D. All right. See you, Luke. See you, Wolf. That's uh, Derek Hall, DVAC's president and CEO, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. It's funny, he said that when we talked to him last year about even even before the Diamondbacks were good, obviously, because it was a year yeah. ago, other teams being like, yeah, this you guys are not fun to play against. And then last year happened and really sort of drove that point home. Uh, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th for the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience as NASCAR heads west as drivers like Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. When we come back, who's been the biggest surprise in the first part of the season for the Phoenix Suns? We're going to tell you next, Hardwood Hardware. And we're going to do that mm. all day today. Wolf, we're going to hand out some awards. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Wolf and Luke Show presents Suns Hardwood Hardware. Right, we are at the All-Star break. We're coming out of the All-Star break, Wolf. So, you know, you came up with Cardinals end of the season awards, so I just uh, blatantly stole those. But hey, we're all benefiting from this. Yeah. It's time for Hardwood Hardware. Hardwood Hardware. Yes. I like the alliteration. Um, Aaron Maloney has, we're going to do this throughout the show. Okay. Feels a little formal. Does it not? Basically, well, no. I thought you were going to wear a tux. You didn't. <laughs> and so now I feel overdressed. I'm the winner, right? Aaron has, and Aaron spoke to the Academy again. Much oh. like, so oh, your, yeah, whatever your vote was or my vote was, it, it mattered very little. Okay, so okay. we've got, we're going to do multiple categories throughout the day. The Academy knows nothing, basically. Well, that's, it's never good to badmouth the Academy. Who, who exactly is or are the Academy? That. Do, do we know that? It'd be a good, like, uh, artist name. Like, like the weekend, it'd be the Academy, but it's just one person. Anyway, we've wasted way too much time. Aaron? The first category? Yes, the first category, please. Most likely to brawl if he has to. 
And the nominees are... Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, I saw a fake Batman and I just pushed him over. <laughs> Simple as that, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't play that game, man. I feel like, you know, the greatest KD it is, and, you know, you don't do that, especially fake like that. Drew Eubanks. Just walking in, uh, words were said, and got sucker punched, and security stepped in, and, and that was it. Did you ever have anything with him? Just basketball sh- Alrighty, and the wow. winner is <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> it's a big envelope. You know what? That's who I had. I yes. had Yusuf Nurkic. Did you also have? Yeah, Nurk- but I, I, I'm trying to think of the timeline on this. I believe I submitted my formal vote before Drew Eubanks took a punch to the face and was like, "False." Oh, you got. Oh, was it after? False. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. No, how about that? The I, Academy I just shuts you down. <laughs> no, Aaron is not the Academy. Aaron, oh, I Aaron thought runs she was. The no, we had you had people vote, right? Yes, Aaron, I had people oh, okay. vote. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, interesting. Nurk- She's still the Academy. Nurk- She's the one who answer. walks around and asks the questions. That's true. She did. Um, you know what, Yusef Nurkic? I think this is one of the more encouraging things that I've seen so far this season. He's getting tougher. <laughs> he is. I feel like he's, he's going to brawl at some point here in the, in the I, final month and a half of the season. You know, again, listen, I, I don't want to call that shot. As a basketball player, you don't want to go out there and get into a brawl. No, I'm not, not asking him to. I'm just saying that's sort of where this no, has I'm been just, trending. I'm like, just saying right now, I think he's got enough restraint where he understands he's not going to do that. But, you know, um, when you play a very physical brand of whatever sport, I don't care what sport it is, if you're getting physical in the sport, Guess what is going to happen? Somebody else is going to get physical in the sport, and tempers may flare. It's Speaking interesting. Of the flares that we both. <laughs> if they're called the Phoenix Flares, the Phoenix Flares. Dave Burns is going to be a millionaire because he actually submitted it, and you didn't. You just told me on the well, air. Well, David Charles said he, he, there's no way he took that from me. He said, "I believe that." But, uh, he, so but he actually submitted it. You didn't. Well, so they picked the Flares. That's the difference between David Charles <laughs> and me. I would not submit it. Um, it's interesting that Nurk won, and we, you and I both picked Nurk, and Drew Eubanks actually did brawl last week. <laughs> he didn't really brawl. He just took a punch to the face and laughed. And but he took going. it well, didn't he? I don't know if he laughed, but he didn't flinch. <laughs> he didn't. All right. We got another category. I don't category. think he laughed either. I'm no, just guessing. But it, it, the, all the accounts we've heard of it is he took the punch and was just like stone-faced. Like, all right. That's because Stewart was soft, he said. Soft punch. Sure, Stewart's a pretty big dude. Um, All right, let's get to our next category, Aaron. Biggest surprise. And the nominees are... Grayson Allen. Back out to Allen with one to shoot, has to force the three, and drills it! Nothing but net for Grayson Allen with a big smile on his face as he gets back on defense. That one was a prayer that got answered. Bull Bull. Brings it across the timeline for Bull on the right wing. He drives the lane and throws it down with the right hand. Bull Bull taking it to the rim. Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic gets it in the lane and dunks it with both hands. Beautiful feed from Gordon. Drives on Dinwiddie. Down low, Nurkic puts it up and in again off the window. This time he had Cam Johnson on him and utilized that side. Size advantage, 17 for the big fella to lead all scorers. And the winner is? Grayson Allen. Nice. Nice. 
Did you not surprise. go with Grayson Allen? No, I went with Ball Ball. Did you? I did. And the reason being is because I expected absolutely nothing from Ball Ball. You know what's deceptive about Ball Ball? Because he has been a surprise, but I had to double check this. He's really only played in like eight games, like where he's played double digit minutes. Yeah. It's he's, so deceptive. He's actually played in 18 games this year. He's averaging 8.8 minutes in those games. And yet, he's shocking to watch play the game of basketball. He does some stuff on the floor. I, I'm sorry. It is, it is unbelievable to see him do some of this stuff. That's why he's, I expected nothing. Grayson Allen, I expected a little something from Grayson Allen. Um, coming into this season, there were people talking, yeah, Grayson Allen's going to be one of the five starters. You're going to run him out there on the floor. Yeah. Um, so I, I did have an expectation for him. Bobo, I had none. And it's interesting because you can almost see Frank Vogel and his staff trying to figure out, how do we get this guy more reps? How do we get him more minutes? How do we get him? Because he's only getting better. Well, so, to me, I, I don't know. Look, I, I know Bol Bol may not even be in the playoff rotation at all. Well, I tell you, though. It's, but based on what I've seen so far, man, he is a surprise. It's good to be at this point of the season and have a, a couple legitimate surprise candidates for the Suns. Because you really, you just knew Kevin Durant was going to be great. Devin Booker was going to be great, and you hope Bradley Beal would be healthy. And, you know, we'll get to the Beal stuff in a little bit. But he keeps racking up injuries, but he keeps playing through them now for the most part. So you knew what you were going to get from those guys if they played. We didn't know if who, if anybody, was going to step up. And look, I mean, we just saw trades, what, a week and a half ago where four guys that really never did step up got shipped out for Royce O'Neal, essentially. Um, so to have two legitimate candidates, I mean, Nurk, too, to a certain extent. I don't know that he's been a surprise, but he's he's really helped. It, the thing with me for Grayson Allen, because I did vote for him, I, like you said, I had expectations for him, but they weren't this. I wasn't expecting him to drop 14 assists in a game or hit nine threes. Or what, Lead the like, leg in shooting. Like 19 points threes. in a quarter. Yeah, like he, he's done when they haven't had the big three. He's been huge. So my pick would be Allen, and it's obviously the Academy's pick, so it's it's you can't argue with it at all. But it's nice to have a couple candidates where like, yeah, Ball Ball's a legitimate candidate too. You didn't know you were going to have any surprises this season. Surprise, Ball Ball. What are you becoming? No surprise for me. He's a duck, so go Ducks. Oh, no. Always knew that the green and yellow was going to help the purple and orange. See, you set her up for that. (laughs) It also reminds me I had to vote for somebody from Duke, and that pains me, but that's how strongly I feel about what Grayson Allen has done. Yo. This is Grayson Allen. I just love it, man. To see this guy, a lot of the expectation was on him. It's going to be interesting to watch him down the last 27 games, down the stretch right now, um, getting the opportunity to play in this lineup the way that he is. Do you think Grayson Allen will ever be the same after this kind of season? I don't know. You saying those words has so much more of an impact with this music playing in the background. (laughs) When this the is music going on, sets the tone, and you're man. like, do you think Grayson Allen will ever yes. be the same? Your calls, not next. <laughs> and maybe some more violins and pianos. All right, that was our first round of Hardwood Hardware. We got two more of those rounds coming up throughout the show, including Biggest Glue Guy. 
<laughs> yeah! <laughs> Which went so well when we did it in football. And Wolf argued with the Academy and anybody else that happened to watch. Every guest that we had on, he asked <laughs> who the they Academy voted lost for. all credibility. All right, well, they have a chance to get it back in your eyes later on in the show. Uh, when we come back, where does the Diamondbacks roster stand? Heading into the first week of spring training games, they did add another player over the weekend. If you're listening closely, you heard Derek Hall mention it, but we'll get more into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.